Amen. 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 Want to thank God for being here this morning. Amen. You know, it's a, a wonderful thing to see little kids singing to the Lord. Amen. I mean, she had her song book. She was looking in the book and she was going. And I really enjoyed that. You inspired me this morning, young lady. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful thing. Oh, man. I want to thank everybody for coming out here this morning. It's been raining all night. And I know a lot of people say, I hope it start raining, but we needed this rain. Uh, if you look at your yards, <laughs> we needed this rain. Um, I pray that we all had a prosperous and uh, a great week. I know we had a great week because we back here to worship our Lord and Savior in spirit and in truth. So we had to ha have a great week. Um, I'm going to get right into my lesson. Today, the title of my lesson is Two is Better Than One. You know, uh, two hands are better than one. Trust me. <laughs> uh, if you ever had to see someone with one hand and they had to do everything with one hand, you notice that two is better than one. Two eyes are better than one. I uh, was spraying uh, wall spray because uh, all the walls, they like to gather under the basketball goals at my school. And the wall spray came back and flew under my eye. My eyes been bothering me the whole week. So two eyes, trust me. It's better than one. You know, uh, two heads. When you have two people thinking, I'm not saying alike, but when they have two different ideas to come up with a common solution, that's better than one. And if we all been married, two paychecks is better than one. <laughs> if we're honest with ourselves, you know, that other income coming in, it's a little bit better. Uh, <laughs> but two is better than one, and we need to understand that. Uh, life is all about relationships. If we are honest, life is all about relationship. If you want to improve your life, improve your relationships. If you want to improve your life, improve your relationships. Brothers and sisters, you can't not go through this world alone. You need other people to help you along the way. You need others to assist you along the way. They say 84% of employees look for people who get along well with others. 84% of employees look for people who get along with others. You know, if you want to be a better leader, you need to develop people skills. As a leader in the church, one of the things that we must have, we must have people skills. If we don't have people skills, then it'll be hard for us to be a better leader. And one of the things we need to improve, our, if we want to be better leaders, we need to make sure that we have people skills and always build on those people skills. You know, uh, college coaching, and um, on Wednesday night I was in here, and one of my students signed to a college, and I did the opening prayer and uh, did everything before the signing. And I, I 
I remember when his mother was pregnant with him in 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 her stomach. She's my coworker, and he signed to a school. And one of the things that they said about the young man, you know, he had people skills. He brought people together. And college coaches are looking for kids who are team players, who can have problem solving uh, resolution, who have can uh, solve conflict. And they are looking for players like that. They don't want selfish players. They don't want I players, players who are all about themselves. They want players who bring others together and also could teach and help others on the field because the coaches on the sideline and the players on the field. And, you know, and one thing about Marlon, he's always been in gifted class. You know how sometimes they just label kids gifted? No, he's gifted. <laughs> yeah, and he was able to understand what's going on, go, go on and bring people together. And that was one of the qualities of him because he could bring people together. He had team, He had that leadership skills. And we need to have leadership skills. All of us need to have that. If you're a husband, you need to have leadership skills. If you're a wife, you need to have leadership skills. You know, because as a parent, we need to make sure we have relationships with our kids. And I'm, I'm going to tell you this. All y'all who have little kids like that, they're going to grow older and grow older. Those relationships change. I can't talk to Shay and Jazz and handle them like I did when they was 10. You understand what I'm saying? Because the relationship changed. The dynamic has changed. So I need to go to them. What do you think about this? How do you see this? You know, the, the, everything changes in re rearing kids. I'm not saying to bow down to them, but come at them in a different way because now they are what? They are adults. And the first thing, I'm not a baby no more, you know? But at the same, I'm not, I understand. Well, if you say you taught us then, don't you think we should know that now? Okay, now, let me stop. Y'all ain't raising, y'all ain't. <laughs> if you want to be a better businessman, you better have some business. You better have some relationships. You better understand relationships. You better understand how important the relationships. One of the one of the big the biggest things that uh, Walmart had they had relationship with all their suppliers, and that's why the chain is so big at this time because the relationships that they build with their suppliers. And if we want to have be a better business. Uh, have a better business or we want to be a good businessman, we need to make sure we develop good relationships. Also in the church, we need to make sure that the relationships that we have, they are good relationships. Do me a favor, uh, Brother James. Let's go to our scripture reading and let's go to Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. But what I want you to do, Brother James, mm -hmm. I want you to start at verse 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, beginning at verse number 8. This is the case of a man who is all alone. This is the case of a man who is all alone. Without a child or a brother. He didn't have a child and he didn't have a brother. Yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. Stop right there, Brother James. 
I knew a man once like that. You know, I knew a man just like that. I worked with him. I worked with him for many years. He didn't have a kid. He had a brother and sister. His brother died, and he had a sister, and he had a niece. I knew a man just like that, and he worked hard, and he worked hard, and he continued to work hard. And he said, you know what, Coach, I'm going to retire. And I say, you going to retire? He said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to retire. I work hard. I got my own house. I got, I got my own car. I got a whole bunch of money in the bank. I got everything that I, I have. I don't need nothing else. You know, all I do is go on cruises every now and then. I say, you thinking about getting married? Nah, man, I ain't, man I'm too old. I ain't getting married. Nobody get my money. I don't work for all these years. No. No. I say, so who you going to leave everything to you? I got a niece and I got a sister. I say, but she married. She got, you know, your, your brother took care of your niece. You know, nah, that's, that's, that's my family. That's who going to get it. One day he developed cancer and he died. He wasn't retired two years, Tasha, one, one and a half year. And he, I think he had it before. He just didn't tell nobody. But he was a hermit. Go to work, come home. No relationships, no friendships, no nothing. And this is what I want to say. People that has good relationships has better mental health, less depression, and less anxiety. Let me say that again. People that has good relationships has better mental health, less depression, and less anxiety. And we need to understand that. We need to, and as I was doing this lesson, and one of the things that came to my mind, I thought about all my friends I had over my life, but then I thought about Brother James. I said, man, what would it, where would I be if Brother James didn't come in my life? If I didn't have a Brother James. And that was one of the things that I thought about. Because when I first came to the church, I was closer to Brother Tyrone. And then me and Brother James developed a good relationship as we were deacons. And then all our kids were the same age and they were growing up together. And that's how, and you know, our wives clicked. And that's how our relationship developed. But I said, where would I be if I didn't have a good relationship or a good friend you know, now, now I could call him more than a friend. I could call him a brother. You know, imagine where would I be if I didn't have Brother James. Keep reading for me, Brother James. Mm -hmm. But then he asked himself, mm -hmm. who am I working for? Who am I working for? That what Mr. Mason said. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why am I giving up so much, much pleasure. pleasure now? All It is all so meaningless and depressing. Pressing. Uh-huh. Verse 9. Mm -hmm. Two people are better than one. Uh-huh. For they can help each other succeed. Two is better than one. You know, when we go fishing and we go on the boat, we make sure we go with somebody else. Because if I fall off the boat, it's easy to fall off a boat. If you fall off the boat, somebody could throw you a rope. They could throw you a raft. You should have your life vest on. But if somebody could throw you something, if you're fishing. So two is better than one. If I'm going hunting, if I'm going to do something, I'd rather go with somebody than go by myself. Because if I get hurt or something attack me or get to me, somebody else could call for rescue. Somebody else could do anything. They could do something for me. But if I'm out by, by myself... Then I'm jammed up. Or you could be the John Henry. Somebody got to tell the story. <laughs> Y'all didn't get that. <laughs>
<laughs> First 10, Brother Jane. First 10. If one person falls, mm-hmm. the, other, the other can reach out and help. Mm-hmm. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Real trouble. trouble. You notice, you notice when you see basketball players or football players fall, the first person run over there is their teammate to help pick them up. You know that. They don't pick the other team up, but they go over there to pick their, their, their teammate up, you know? And that's how it is in the Lord's church. That's how it is in life. If I fall, I expect you to be there to pick me up. Or you see me falling, I, I expect you to be there to catch me at least. You know, or to hold me up. They say, man, your balance ain't good. You know, you you ever see this uh, commercial on, um, it's on, it's on, uh, it's, it's on Facebook. This lady, she, she works with patients with, uh, who, who suffer from strokes. And she say, these men coming in, they nice looking men, they handsome, they successful. And these men, and they come in and they stroke out and they don't have no family. They don't have nobody to help them out. Because what they did when they were successful, they didn't want nobody because all they want to do is make the money, live by themselves, and do whatever they needed to do. And then now they in here stroked out and they can't even wipe themselves. And now they don't have nobody in here to help them out. Because they paralyzed from one side down. They can't help themselves. So all the money they accumulated is going back to the nursing home or the hospital that's helping them out because they have no family member. They have nobody that is going to help them out. You can't live in this world. This world it's not an island. You can't live by yourself. You can't live by yourself. And we need to understand that. Keep reading for me, Brother James. Verse 11. Uh-huh. Likewise, mm-hmm. two people lying close together can help keep each other warm. Mm-hmm. But how can one be warm alone? You know, they always say this the cold weather. We need to go find some. <laughs> we stop. But you know, this goes back to marriage. People say, I don't want to get married. I ain't got to get, I ain't got to have nobody. But it's, you know what? Mr. Mason grew old by himself. He grew old by himself where he was in a way that he didn't even want to talk to nobody. You go to his house sometime, knock on the door, he wouldn't even come to the door. And you know he's there because it's car outside. Look, and you can peep out the window and then you run back. Because they are so used to being alone. They so used to having their own way. They don't have any people skills. And that's a bad way to go. That's a bad. I know me growing up as an only child for my my life. And I said to myself, I would never do that to my kids. I never. That's one of the things I said. I would never do that. I would just never have one child. You know. Because it's always good to have a brother or sister or somebody you could talk to or somebody you could be with. Somebody, it's always good. I hated to see my cousins go home. They was always with me, so, you know, I, I didn't feel alone or I was always with them. You know, every Friday night I would go to my Aunt Titi house or they would come to my house. So we were always together. But I just being alone or just going through this, uh, going through this life alone, that's a bad feeling. Going through life alone. And as 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 people, as a, as black women, and I'm, I know we are being recorded, but don't say you could do it all by yourself. I could do bad by myself. I go through this thing by yourself. That's not a fun life. That's not a good thing. Well, I got my mama. I got my sister. I got you. Need to have companionship, spiritually companionship. 
You need to you need to look for somebody that can help you get to heaven. And I'm not talking about boyfriend, girlfriend. You need to look for that. You need to look for that. And when you find it, don't let it go. Because a lot of times them ships come and we keep letting it pass by. We got to be careful with that. Don't go through this thing by yourself. That's a sad thing. To have all in the money in the, in the world, you have all the success in the world, and you don't have nobody to enjoy with. I hear a lot of athletes say that. Man, I had this big old mansion. I'm going there by myself. You don't have nobody to enjoy with. Keep reading for me, Brother James. Continuing on in verse 12. Uh-huh. A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. Mm-hmm. But two can stand back, back to, to back, back and conquer. How they going to stand, Brother Jane? Back to back. Back to back. You ever seen a fight, a bar fight or a fight? You know, I got one side, you get the other side, and we going to make our way to the door. <laughs> Y'all ain't never been in a fight. <laughs> you know, imagine, you know, fighting life and fighting people all by yourself. But when, when you find out, I remember... That some guys wanted to fight us, but then when they find out we it was three of us, they say, nah, we good. <laughs> you know? But if you was alone, you would be easily attacked. And we need to understand that. The best investment you could ever make is not your CDs, it's not your 401k, it's not your stocks, it's a good relationship. The number one good relationship with God. That's number one. A good relationship with God. Because money and riches are meaningless without family and friends. Money and riches. I know a lot of people say, man, I ain't enjoy At some point in your time, when you get that money, you're going to want to enjoy it with somebody else. At some point in your time. It's a beautiful thing to see church members work together. Do me a favor. Uh, Brother Harry, you stay. Uh, Brother Harry, get for me Psalms 133.1. Psalms 133. And what I'm saying is it's a beautiful thing to see church members work together. It's a beautiful thing to see family members work together. It's a beautiful thing to see teammates work together. It's a beautiful thing. Psalms 133. And the verses 1. Psalms 133. Uh-huh. Verse 1. Yes, sir. How wonderful and pleasant it, it is when brothers live together in harmony. When they do what? Live together. When people, it's a pleasant thing to see when brothers and sisters live together in harmony. When husband and wife live together in harmony. When you see brothers and sisters, two sisters getting along, two brothers and all family members getting along. When teammates get along. It's a wonderful thing when church members get along. It's a wonderful thing. When church members get along, what's going to happen? They People going to see the joy that you have for one another, the love that you have for one another, and they're going to say, you know what? I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that. Verse The next verse, Brother Harry. Verse number two. Mm -hmm. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head mm -hmm. that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Mm -hmm. Harmony is a refreshing... Is as refreshing, refreshing as the dew from Mount Harmon mm -hmm. that falls on the mountains of Zion. Mm -hmm. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. Lasting. 
you know what? Harmony, we, we need to make sure that in our homes we have harmony, on our jobs, in the Lord's church, and wherever we go that we have harmony. And when you see conflict coming and when you see foolishness about to happen, you need, that need to stop. You know? That need to stop. Or you know what? You, you know you got a choice. You get your bags and leave too. See, the problem is we don't want to get our bags and leave because we want the cheese. Because we got to have the cheese. No, get your stuff and leave, and then they'll be calling, where you went? I say, no, nah, girl, I can't be around that foolishness. <laughs> I tell them, quick, man, I got to teach us. I work for the government. I work for the state. Man, I can't be around that. I got to go. Cause I can't even be questioned. Because as soon as these people come question me, I got to call my principal. And I'm not calling him. I use that quick. I use that all the time. No, nah, I, can't, I can't do that. If I'm going to do something, I'm going down for something I want to do. Not nobody else. Y'all ain't get that. <laughs> Y'all ain't get that. We need to make sure we, we, we work in harmony. We need to make sure that things that we do, we do it in harmony. You know what? You have an enemy that wants to destroy your relationship. You have an enemy that wants to destroy your relationship. Mama, they want to destroy your relationship with your kids. They want to destroy your relationship with your brothers and sisters in the Bahamas. You have an enemy that want to destroy your relationship. And we said, we first thing we say is Satan. But that enemy is conflict. And as Christians, we need to make sure that we know how to have conflict re resolution. We need to make sure that that's in our life. Do We need to make sure that we have that in our bag. Because sometimes you have those people that just love to argue. They love to fight. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they just, people around you, they just, some people just, they, that's their nature. You know, they all, you can't always avoid conflict. You can't all, you know, sometimes I go back to the garden when Eve came to Adam with that fruit. And he said, baby, I'm just going to eat it because I don't want you fussing. I don't want to sleep on the couch tonight. I'm just going to eat it. Y'all ain't get that. Y'all didn't get that. Because when he said that, was he going alone to get along? Sometimes we go alone just to get along. And as Christians, we can't go alone to get along. Because when we go alone to get along, then that means we in sin. Did Adam go alone just to get along? Oh, baby, I'm just going to eat it. No, when he, he asked no questions. He just ate it. Did he just, I don't want no conflict. You my real. No. <laughs> what do you think about uh, Sapphira? What do you think she said? I don't want, he going he gonna to fuss me out if I, if I tell these people the truth. He going to be mad at me. And then, no, tell the people the truth. Or you tell him, no, nah, no, nah, if this go down like this, this is what I'm going to do. Just so we on the front end. I don't agree with this. And this is what I'm going to do. Do you think sometimes as Christians we can't just, because conflict is going to be there. We just can't, we can't do that. We can't not do that. Conflict would destroy your marriage. It would destroy your friendship. It would destroy your business. It would destroy your family and it would destroy the church. So all these things, we need to make sure that we have conflict resolution. No relationship, no matter how good it is, it can't escape conflict. 
Me and Tasha done had conflict. I know Brother James and Cheryl done had conflict. You, no matter how good your favorite brother, your favorite sister, y'all done had conflict. No matter what. But the problem is you need to have conflict resolution. And as Christians, we need to make sure that we have conflict resolutions. You know, it's hard to maintain a good relationship. You know, don't put... See, a lot of times the reason why our relationships and things go away because we put our relationships and we put everything in automatic. You ever played the game and you put automatic on it? Uh, yeah, for the ones who we put it in <laughs> automatic mode, you know, whatever you did for your wife before you got married and right when y'all first got married, you need to continue. To, if y'all went to the park, y'all went to the movies, you told her you love her, you did those things, you need to continue to do those things. I don't fell off. <laughs> See, I'm being honest. I know how to make up, though. <laughs> you know, if you and your friend, uh, you know, relationship, if you got a good friend that you hang out with or you talk to all the time, you need to continue to build on those rela that relationship. Imagine if Nakia and Nisi relationship wasn't continuing to build on. You think Nisi will be here today? Think about that. Think about the person who brought you to Christ. I'm doing too much talking. Don't put your marriage on automatic. Always be working on your relationships. Your brother and sister, kids, always be working on your relationship. You know what? Let's go to the scripture and then I'm going to sit down. Let's go to Acts chapter 15. Brother James, get that for me. Acts chapter 15. Chapter 15. And I want verse 36. Acts chapter 15. Now, these are two friends. Now, I want y'all to understand the scriptures that we are about to read now. These are two close friends. Everybody understand that? These are two close friends. Okay? <clears throat> Acts chapter 15. <clears throat> beginning at verse 36. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit each city where we previously preached the word of the Lord to see how the new believers are doing. Okay, Paul and Barnabas was, was friends, okay? And they was going out, going, preaching the word of God. Go, go ahead. Verse 37. Barnabas agreed and wanted to take along John Mark. So Barnabas agreed, and he wanted John Mark to go with him. But what happened in the next verse, Brother James? But Paul disagreed strongly. Nah, he's nah, man. You, you, he can't come with us. He's not coming with us. No, Paul said, no, nah, we're going to go do the Lord's work. But you can't bring that dude with us. He can't go with us. So I wonder why Paul acting like this. First of all, Barnabas and John Mark are cousins. But let's rewind the track back. Let's go to Acts chapter 13. Harry, you get you stay there, Brother Jane. Let's go to Acts chapter 13, and we're gonna go to verse 4. Acts chapter 13. So why why y'all think Paul? Now this Paul, this is Apostle Paul. Why you think Paul acting like, man, that man can't come from good us? No, he can't go nowhere with us like that. Acts chapter 13, read verse 4 for me. So Barnabas and Saul 
were sent out by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. They went down to the seaport of Seleucia uh-huh. and then sailed for the island of Cyprus. Uh-huh. There, in the town of Salamis, they went to the Jewish synagogues and preached the word of God. John Mark went with them as their assistant. So who went with them as their assistant? John Mark. Barnabas' cousin, John Mark. Drop down to verse 13 for time's sake. Paul and his companions then left Hyphus by ship mm -hmm. for Paphilia, landing at the port town in Perga. There John Mark left them and returned to Jerusalem. But Paul and Barnabas traveled inland to Antioch and Pisidia. So Paul saying, man, your cousin ain't going to leave me like he left me last time. You know, when you go somewhere with somebody, man, we going to go together and we coming back together. You understand? I don't care who you meet. I don't care who you see or whatever. We going. We coming back. You get the phone number. <laughs> Am I right? I tell Shanjad, y'all go somewhere, y'all come back together. You know? You go and come back. So John Mark left them and went back to Jerusalem. And they doing the work of the Lord. So now here it is. Now go back the way Brother James in Acts chapter 15. You know, now Barnabas want to bring this man along with us again. And Paul said, nah, he can't come. He can't come with me. Keep reading for me, Brother James. But Paul disagreed strongly since John Mark had deserted them and found failure uh -huh. and had not continued with them in their work. Uh -huh. Their disagreement was so sharp that they separated. So they disagreement. Now these are the best of friends. So their disagreement was sharp. That means they strongly disagreed. You know they probably had some words with each other. But look at the conflict, conflict resolution. Read for me, Brother James. Barnabas took John Mark. Barnabas took his cousin. Okay. And he sailed for Cyprus. He went to a different direction. Uh-huh. Paul chose Silas. Paul chose who? Silas. Silas. And they went in a different direction. Keep going. And as he left, the believers entrusted him to the Lord's gracious care. Mm -hmm. Then he traveled through throughout Syria and Cilicia. Cilicia. Strengthening the churches there. But you know what? What I like about this. Now this is. This is. This is. Conflict. Conflict. Resolution. This is compromising. We not going to let nothing get in front of the Lord's work. You understand? Y'all going to go y'all way. You and Barnabas and John Mark. Y'all going to go y'all way. And Paul, Paul and Silas is. They're going to go their way. You understand? But the mission never changed. They continue to do the work of the God. Now, with that strongly, and they strongly, as we see in God's word, they strongly disagree. You know, so they had some words. But just because you strongly disagree with somebody today, that don't mean forever. You understand? Because you have a disagreement with somebody today, because you have a disagreement with your sister today, that don't mean forever. Because you have a disagreement with your daddy today, that don't mean forever. Because you have a disagreement with your child today, that don't mean forever. And we got to stop taking stuff so personal. Because you have a disagreement with your husband, that don't mean forever. What do you mean, Brother Dwayne? 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy 
4, verse 9. 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting at verse 9. Mm -hmm. Paul talking to Timothy. Timothy, please come as soon as you can. All right, these Paul, this is Paul's final word. He says, Timothy, please come as soon as you can. Keep reading for me, Brother Jane. Demas has deserted me because he loves the things of this world, mm -hmm. of this life, and has gone to Thessalonica. Uh-huh. Chrysinius has gone to Galatia. Okay. And Titus has gone to Dalmatia. Mm-hmm. Only Luke is with me. Bring Mark. Who? Bring who? John Mark. Bring John Mark. With you. So to read. He had to. <laughs> Sometimes you got to give people a chance. You got to give them a do-over, as we call it. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give you another shot. I'm going to see what you're all about. So he said, bring who? Mark with you when you come, for he will be helpful to me in my ministry. He will be what? Helpful. He'll be helpful in the ministry. Just because somebody fall away today, that don't mean they ain't going to be helpful in the church later on. Just because you are, your, your, your uh, relationship and your everything that you're doing in the church now, that don't mean you, you're not part of the church. That don't mean God don't love you. We got to continue to build up people. We got to continue to help brothers and sisters out. We got to continue to be there for one another. We got to continue to love one another. We got to continue to, hey man, I trust you could do that. You could do that. Harry, you could lead songs. You could teach class. You know, you can do that. Sis, you can do that. You'll be a good wife. You'll be a good mother. We got to continue to build brothers and sisters up. We got to continue to do that. Now that was conflict with friends. Now let's go see conflict with family. That's fair. After we conflict with family, Brother D going to sit down. Let's go to Genesis. Brother Jane, get for me Genesis 13. Mm -hmm. Verse 1. Genesis chapter 13. Oh, hold on. Genesis 13. Mm -hmm. Verse 1. Genesis chapter 13, beginning at verse number one. Okay. This conflict, that was conflict with friends. Now, this conflict with family. Let's go. So Abram left Egypt and traveled north into Negev, along with his wife and Lot, and all that they owned. Uh-huh. Abram was very... Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. Mm -hmm. From the Negev, from the Negev, they continued to travel by stages toward Bethlehem. Do me a favor, brother Jane. For time's sake, just drop down to verse of five. Beginning at verse five. Mm -hmm. Lot, who was traveling with Abram, mm -hmm. had <clears throat> had also become very wealthy, with flocks of sheep and goat. Herds of cattle and many tents. Mm -hmm. But the land could not support both Abram and Lot. Mm -hmm. With all their flocks and herds living so close together. Mm -hmm. So disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abram and Lot. Mm -hmm. At that time, Canaanites and Perizzites were also, also living, living in the land. Uh -huh. Finally, Abram said to Lot, Let's not allow this conflict 
to come between us and our hurts. Mm-hmm. After all, we are close relatives. All right. Now, Abram was the uncle of Lot. That was his nephew. Okay? <laughs> that was his nephew. So since they were so close, keep going for me, Brother James. Verse 9. The whole countryside is open to you. Mm-hmm. Take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. Now, Abram say, man, nephew, man, pick whatever you want. Pick, I'm getting you first deals. Pick whatever you want, or whatever section, whatever you want, you can have it. We all, both of us got money. We all of us eating, you know. And we letting other people outside of our family come between us. That was the first thing that came to me. They fussing because they workers can't get along together. If y'all are leaders, man, y'all put y'all come together, hey. <laughs> y'all should have handled that. For me, they should have handled that. Because if you go back to verse 9, if you look at verse uh where is that? The whole the whole court side is no. Keep going. Um, go back to verse seven, brother James, for me. Back in verse I just seven. want to. I want to put, point this out. So dis, dis, disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abraham and Lot. Mm-hmm. At that time, Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in. The so land. people were looking at them to see how they were going to handle the dispute. You understand? Because they were living there. So they on the sideline. Let me see how they going to handle this. These family members, let me see how they going to handle this. In the same way in the church, people are looking at us, seeing how we going to handle our problems. Just like they looking at them, they looking at us. Let me see how they going to handle their dispute. Let me see if they Christ-like. Or let me see, let's see what they going to do to handle their dispute. Because people are watching. Your kids watching. Family members watching. Everybody is watching how you handle your situations. Keep reading for me, Brother Jane. You go. Uh-huh. Continuing on. Mm-hmm. The whole countryside is open to you. Take your choice of any section of the land that you want, mm-hmm. and I will separate. Mm-hmm. If you want the land to the to the left, then I'll take the land on the right. If you prefer the land on the right, and I'll take the land on, on the, the left. left. See, that's compromise. That's yielding. Abram yield to his nephew. Keep reading for me, Brother Jane. Verse 10. Mm-hmm. Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zor. Mm-hmm. The whole area was well watered everywhere, mm-hmm. like the garden of the Lord or, or the beautiful land of Egypt. Mm-hmm. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of him. He went there with his flocks and his servants and parted company with his uncle, uncle. Abraham. Mm-hmm. Abram. Mm-hmm. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan, mm-hmm. and Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled among the cities of the plain. Mm-hmm. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinning against the Lord. My Lord. Uh-huh. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Look as far as you can see in every direction, direction. north and south, East and West. I'm giving all this land as far as you can <coughs> see to you and your descendants mm-hmm. as a permanent possession. Uh-huh. And I will give you so many descendants that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Mm-hmm. Go and walk through the land in every direction 
for I am giving it to you. Uh-huh, verse 18. Abram moved his camp to Hebron mm. and settled near the oak grove belonging to the belonging to Mamre. There he built another altar to the Lord. See, the uncle had wisdom. And we know what happened a lot. Lot lost everything. We know what happened a lot. See, being greedy, being selfish, and when you do what the Lord say, even when you take less, God's still going to bless you. And that's what Abram did. Now, that was a conflict with family. How do you handle your family today? That was a conflict. Do you yield? Do you have a conflict resolution? What are you doing? As Christians, Harry, get for me James 5, 16. And Brother James, uh, give me, give me, I want you to go to Romans 12. You know I'm going to have you go to Romans 12, 17 and 18. Romans 12, 17 and 18. Romans 12. Okay, Romans 12, 17 and 18, 12, Brother James. Never pay back evil with more evil. See, as Christians, that's one thing we should never do. Never pay back evil with evil. Uh-huh. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do things in a way that everybody could see you are honorable. That's what Abram did. He did things in a way that people could see that he was honorable. Keep going for me, Brother James. Verse 18, do all that you can. To live in peace with everyone. See, the problem is we're not doing all we can do to live in peace with everybody. If be if it be possible, as much as liveth in you life, live in, live your life peaceably with all men. That's what King James say. Do all you can possibly to live your life peaceably with all men. Do we do that with the King James? Verse 19, Brother James. Verse 19. Uh -huh. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. Mm -hmm. For the scripture says, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Uh -huh. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. Uh -huh. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Mm -hmm. Don't let evil conquer Mm -hmm. conquer evil by doing, doing good. good. And that's what we need to do as Christians. Harry, close me out. And the lesson will be yours. James chapter 5, verse 16. All the way down. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Confess your sins to each other. That's one thing. If you live by yourself, if you by yourself, how can you confess your sins to someone else? How can you go to them with your problems? You know? How can you go to somebody if you by yourself? Keep going for me, Brother Jane. I mean, Brother Harry. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. so that And that's what another thing. We need to pray for each other. So we can do what, Brother Harry? That you may be healed. Mm-hmm. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power. Mm-hmm. produces wonderful results. Mm. Elijah was a human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Then... When he prayed again, the sky 
sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. My Lord. Verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back will save that person mm -hmm. from death and bring about the forgiveness of, of many, many sins. sins. Stop right there. Brothers and sisters, we have opportunities in front of us all day, all the time. You be the one that do the right thing. You to be the be the one with conflict resolution. You be the one that yield. You know, you to be the one. Sometimes we gotta take I take that L on that one. You know, sometimes we gotta be the one to take the back seat. You know? And sometimes we gotta be that. But don't do it and compromise your relationship with God. I'm not saying don't do it. Now, if it's something wrong, somebody doing something wrong scripturally, no, don't compromise that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying yielding on that. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But we need to understand that if we're going to be Christians, we're going to have to make some compromise. It's going to be some compromise that we stand and sing the song of invitation. I am resolved no longer to linger on by the world's delight.